Hi friends and welcome to Farfetched Stories. My name is Ariam Verberg and I'm your host on here. This is it guys, the second to last episode of The Raven's Toll. And this is also when I tell you about what I'll be doing with the podcast next. I'm super excited for my plans and I would love your help with them. Here's a hint, I'm gonna write standalone stories and I'm gonna ask you for prompts. Please stay tuned to the end to hear exactly what I plan to do and how you can be part of a giveaway. In today's episode, the Raven deals with the aftermath of his destructive outburst and he has to say the hardest goodbye of his life. As always, I want to thank Louisa Mitchell for text editing, Diana Moore for narrating this episode and Alex Liu for providing the music. If you want to know more about me or the Raven's Toll, please visit remverberg.com. That is also where you can subscribe for my newsletter. For now, please enjoy this episode. Thank you for listening and have a great day. The Raven's Toll, Episode 13 A Bittersweet Encounter. The clearing was a lifeless circle, cast in greys, Kuras's white shirt and the red blood on it the only contrapoints. The Raven himself sat motionless beside the commander, swathed in his sooted cloak, a foreboding figure, like the bird that had given him his name. Beneath the hood of the cloak, his thoughts were frantic. He felt Kuras's life ebb away next to him. It would be so easy to stretch out his hand, to help the wounded flesh fulfill its wish to heal. He could feel it knit together now, the bloodstream repaired in whole, Kura smiling at him like he'd done that night in the tent. No, the raven choked on his grief. He could not do that, not anymore. If there was any bitter lesson he'd learned, it was that the sparrow had been right all along. You couldn't assign life and death without limitless knowledge. In his haste to bend the course of events to his will, he had not foreseen the pitfalls. And so, just like she'd predicted, he had destroyed everything. Kuras's lashes trembled. The raven's eyes shot towards him, glued to his face. Slowly, the commander's eyes opened. Don't move, the raven said under his breath as if he could kill Kuras just by speaking. He bent over and carefully wiped a fleck of ash from Kuras's cheek. You're going to be all right. To his surprise, the commander's pale lips crumpled into a smile. No, I'm really not, Kuras said. The commander insisted on sitting up. The raven, acutely aware of the wound to his gut, resisted, but Kuras would not relent. In the end, the raven helped him, taking off his cloak and propping it up behind the commander. Kuras panted with the effort. The two of them fell silent for a bit, taking in the utter destruction around them. So, you're Vanta, Kuras finally said. I should have known. With a pained grimace, he turned to face the raven. You meddled with me that night in the camp, didn't you? I should have died. I even said it myself. 
I'm sorry, the raven said, looking at his hands. And the Remians? Are they even in this forest? Yes, he said. Everything I told you was true. I really was trying to help. It's just that I put my powers behind it and ruined everything. That is the curse of my people, he said bitterly. Kuros took in the blackened remains of the clearing. How about the utils? he asked. And Zori, did she, did they get away? He smiled ruefully at the correction. The raven nodded. They took the other utils to the river. As far as I know, the group that followed them got out unharmed. Some of the utils fought for me, you know, Kuros said. Zori did. I knew they would. The raven shook his head. I should have trusted them. He buried his head in his hands. Kuras' voice sounded light, almost amused. Why did you become my advisor in the first place? I thought all the Vanta had died out. All but a few, he said. A few of us stayed behind to... to help. He choked on the words. I'm so sorry, Kuras. I'm sorry I ever inserted myself into your life. I'm not. He looked up in confusion. What? Kuros drew in a long, laborious breath. There was a pink film of blood on his teeth when he smiled. I was in the dark before I met you, he said. I had people waiting on me, people working themselves to death for me, and I thought it was my right, he coughed. There is a different balance to the world than the one the Covenant has established, he said softly, and so many lights to see in it, besides my own. You showed me that, T.A. Is that why you were assigned to me? Because you know about the balance? You're Vanta, after all. The raven found himself at a loss for words. Finally, he said, I've lived these two hundred years to do penance, and only now do I understand what balance really is. He looked at the ravaged trees, then at Kuras. Yes, I was assigned to help you, but I failed. So badly. Kuras stretched out a hand and put it lightly on the raven's arm. It must be terrible, he said slowly. To live with all that power burning inside of you all this time, and to know you must never use it. To spend your life trying to amend the effects of that power, even as it's gnawing on you. It's inevitable you'd make mistakes. That doesn't mean there's no hope for you. Koras's words lodged themselves into his heart. How do you know? This time... Koras's smile was a weak, dimming light. Because you taught me to look at people, T.A. To look and really see. The long hours stretched away, like the shadows of the ravaged trees moving over them, dim light playing over the green grass around Koras and him. He thought the commander was nearly gone, but still felt the dim spark that lived inside Koras's chest. When the commander opened his eyes again, it was late in the day. He was barely there now, his breathing strained. Please, lie still, the raven said. He bit his lip. You 
You know I can't close your wounds, right? I, I wish I could, but... No, Kuras put up a hand on his arm, panting. Don't. I, I don't want it. He couldn't help himself. Why? The commander's eyes, quiet and bright, fixated on him. Because I believe in you, he whispered. You have shown me the balance, and how important it is. I've felt it. And if all deliberate power, even one as great as yours, can only destroy that balance, then I think... He shrugged, the gesture barely there. I think we must respect where life takes us, no matter the outcome. The raven whispered, too. But you're dying. I know, the commander grinned weakly, but I'd rather die by a friend's side than live in that mine, only caring about the color of my waistcoat and calling Zori by the wrong pronouns. Don't joke about this, he caught Kuras's hands in his own, crushed under the weight of his guilt. If he hadn't pushed the utils too far, if he hadn't blindly chased the sparrow... Kuras's eyes gleamed as he relaxed in the raven's grip. An unnatural blush had gathered in his cheeks. The raven could feel death tugging at the ends of the commander's life strands. The knot was coming undone, even as he sat there. Really, it's not a joke, Kuras said softly. I'm not sorry you came into my life, T.A. I mean it. I'm glad you made me see life through other people's eyes. Because that's when I started living. I'm grateful for that, truly, even if it was only for a short while. The raven, choking back his grief, couldn't answer. T.A. Kuras's hands shook underneath his own. In response, the raven pressed them gently while the commander lay back on his cape, black curls strewn about his head. T.A. Kuras mumbled with closed eyes. That's not your real name, is it? You're not even Zornan. No, the raven said tonelessly. It's not. The liquid brown eyes opened one last time, fixating on his face. There was wonder in them, guileless openness, and most incredibly of all, sympathy. May I know what it is? An endless void opened up, right there in the blackened clearing, a space filled with rustling greens and the sound of running water. It took him all the way back to the beginning of time, to a world fresh and green and untainted, untainted by all his mistakes. Turan, he said. My real name is Turan. Kuras blinked and smiled. Hello, Turan. It's nice to meet you. And with that, he closed his eyes. The silence in the clearing deepened, then, as the shadows kept moving around them. They cast a dimmed kaleidoscope of light over the shoulders of the two motionless figures, one still as if cast from stone, and one dead. The raven did not know how much time had passed. It was the same day, or maybe another. The light was dimmed and golden, managing to soften even the worst of the destruction he had wrought. By the side of the clearing, where the large thorn bushes now sat like big gray clumps of ash, something moved. 
Zori stepped into the clearing. They looked exactly as one would if one had barely escaped a raging fire. The edges of their rough-spun clothes were singed, as well as their eyelashes and brows. A thin layer of soot covered them entirely, making their green skin appear gray. Apart from a few shallow cuts and bruises, they seemed unharmed. They took in the raven and Kuras. So he's really gone. The raven made no reply. He had no words for the depths of his emotions, let alone the way they were tangled when it came to Zori. I'm sorry, Zori said, which made him look up in surprise. I can't say I'll miss him, they continued. But he didn't deserve to die like that, they shrugged. Nobody does. Zori, he started, not knowing how to finish the sentence. It's all right, T.A. I mean, it's not really. A small, nervous laugh. You're Vanta. I'd never hurt you, he stood up. You have to believe me. I know. They nodded in the direction of the river. Most of us got out unharmed. Good. He stood there awkwardly, not knowing what to do with his hands. How... how many dead? Five. Their voice rang out, clear and merciless. Deserters, like Rova. But still people. I know. He bent his head. I will not forget that, you know, they said. Nor ever forgive, I think. I understand. On impulse, he looked up, determined to say something, if not the right thing. You didn't have to come back here, Zori. I know, they said. But I wanted to. Why? Because I wanted to check if you were all right. They shrugged again, as if shaking off a great weight. And because you were leading us, all this time. You were following something. Something that was more important than anything else. They looked straight into his eyes. And I want to know what that something was. Hello again. I hope you enjoyed this episode of The Raven's Stole. As promised, now I'll tell you a little bit about what's going to happen with this podcast next. Some time ago I held a poll and it was clear that most of you prefer standalone stories. So I'm going back to writing a standalone story each month, but to make it extra fun, each month I'll be putting up a poll with two opening sentences. You will then be able to vote on which one excites you more, and the opening sentence with the most votes wins. I will put these polls on all my social media, but the best place to find them will be my Instagram. That's at r.e.m, and then v-e-r-b-e-r-g. I will put the first poll up on the 21st of July, 
And that one comes with a giveaway. From all the people who vote, I will pick one winner. And that person wins a personalized illustration from me. It could be you. It could be your loved one. It could be your favorite character or your pet. Basically, I'll draw whatever you like. For this giveaway, I'll put the terms and conditions on Instagram at the same time I publish this episode. So please go over there and read what you need to do for a chance to win. If you're a recurring listener, I want to thank you so, so much for following The Raven's Toll. I think that's it for now. Thank you again for listening, and I'll catch you for the next one in two weeks. Bye!